Women who misbehave. A podcast about the intersections of pop culture, the political, the personal, and even the spiritual. We're your hosts, Betsy Aime and Linda Garcia. Hi guys, welcome back to Women Who Misbehave. Unfortunately, it's just myself this week. Betsy is at the Tony Robbins conference. If you've been following at Women Who Misbehave on Instagram, or if you've been following Betsy I Met on Instagram, then you already know that she is at the Tony Robbins conference doing dope shit like walking on fire. So we're really looking forward to having her back with us next week, sharing all of her breakthroughs. I just want to start off by thanking everyone for all of the personal messages, text messages, and just messages that I've received from everyone on last week's episode about the ego. This week was a very challenging week for me. I do have to admit that it could have been much more challenging had I not been really focusing on the ego. So I just want to say that because I had prepared for the ego and I had just been so focused on it so that I could really come through and give you guys a strong message, it really prepared me for the week that I was going to have. I mean like literally right after I recorded, the very next day I was slapped with a whole new set of challenges. I mentioned in the last episode that as soon as I feel confident in an area that I've been practicing, then I'm really put to the test. This week I rewatched Kung Fu Panda on Netflix, and as I was watching this, I was able to find gratitude in the new set of challenges that I was faced with this week, and I realized that I am a spiritual gangster in training. My challenges are simply an opportunity and a training ground where I really get to apply what I've learned and put it to the test. I came to a sense of peace with what I was facing. I knew that I had been essentially preparing for what I was about to embark on. So I I think this is a little challenging for me to say, but my mother is... um, My mother is mentally ill. That even sounds weird for me to say, to like hear myself say. Um... But my mother is mentally ill, and she has been since around the time I was 11 years old. Or at least when I was around 11, that is when we first saw her first um, psychotic break. Despite her disability, she has been able to create the most incredible life I have ever seen a woman create. So I don't want the perception of her to be... um, of her sickness, but I want you to know that this woman is absolutely incredible. She has a will like no other woman that I have ever met. I mean, she cleans houses. She can break down real estate for you like no other. She is also a really talented painter. She's just an amazing woman. Unfortunately, because there is such a lack of awareness, especially in our community, on people who suffer from mental illness, she has been trapped in a place where she hasn't really been able to get help with her sickness, real help that actually speaks to her, which is really unfortunate. Emotionally, I've been dealing with that, and I have to say that I was able to maintain 
my presence in the now for about 80% of the time while I was dealing with what happened to her this past weekend. I feel pretty good about that because every time my mom goes into a break, it usually completely takes over my life. And this was the first time that I was able to really be present and be clear. And I know that that was because I focused so much on the ego to bring you guys a positive message that it really just came back tenfold to myself, which was really beautiful because if you remember when Betsy asked what was my uh, paying it forward for the week, I said that I really thought it was this, this message. So that is just testament that paying it forward is really truly a gift for ourselves. As I was preparing for this episode this week, I thought I would talk more about my experience and what took place this week. But as the week closed, my intuition kept pushing me away from that and wanted me to head in a different direction. I think for several reasons. The first reason is that there still is real no resolve to what I have been experiencing this week with my mom and my family. And the second is because this is her story to tell. It's not really my story to tell. I don't just want to leave it like that. I do want to say that if you guys deal with anyone that is mentally ill, just let us know if this is something that you want us to talk about. I know it's really important for Betsy and I to bring light to these types of topics within our community. Leave us a comment, write us an email. I'm going to take a break and when we get back, I'm going to share a conversation that I had with my intuition. Welcome back, guys. So, as I mentioned, last week was a challenging week, and while I was continuing to stay present and in the now, it was important for me to begin deliberately creating and putting my attention to that. So for those of you that haven't heard about deliberate creation, I just want to give you an overview. I definitely think that this topic deserves its own episode so that we can get deeper into it, but this isn't what the show is about today. A quick overview of deliberate creation for me is simply envisioning what I want the future to look like for me. People have different ways of deliberately creating. Vision boards is one way to deliberately create. I use my third eye and I envision what I want the future to look like. So my struggle when I was practicing the art of deliberate creation, I was wondering like, how do I explain to people what deliberate creation is? How do I explain that they have to envision the future when I just told them to stay in the present and not think of the future because it brings anxiety? I know there's an answer for it, but at the time when I was practicing it, I really couldn't come up with the answer myself. So earlier in the week, Betsy has suggested that I write a letter to my intuition, and I thought that was really great. So here I am. I'm going to ask my intuition, how is it that I explain envisioning your future while still staying present in this moment? I found it really interesting that as I began to question my intuition, my intuition sort of reversed the roles and began asking me questions. So here we go. Let's just get started. My first question was, I have something I need your clarity on. I'm seeking your help. Can you help me? 
And my intuition responded, we are here. We. The fact that my intuition said we, I thought was really interesting because I've written to my intuition before, but I've never heard my intuition refer to itself as we. I speak to it constantly and I don't ever recall it referring to itself as we, but I do have to say that when my intuition said we are here, I really felt like I was in a safe space and there was an army of spiritual guides that I had access to. So that was really comforting and interesting and something that I wanted to call out. My next question is, are they going to think that I'm weird because, and immediately I couldn't even finish the question and my intuition interrupted and said, most likely. (laughs) The rest of the question was because we communicate. So are they going to think I'm weird because we communicate? My intuition's answer immediately was most likely. And then my intuition followed it with this. You can't tell them to not care what others think and follow their hearts if you are not doing the same. Be true to who you are freely. Be the example of what you are teaching. And so I thought that was pretty interesting because right away my intuition put me in my place. I was a little afraid or I guess not afraid but apprehensive to just come out and be like, I have an intuition and it talks to me and it tells me things because I know how weird that must sound. I feel like most likely there are more of you that can relate to me than those that cannot. And if you can't relate to me, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I fell in love with the idea that my intuition was sort of giving me some type of permission to be bold in my experience and what I practice and what I feel, my internal thoughts. And then after I felt that immense sense of gratitude, I heard my intuition say, the student is the most powerful teacher, not the teacher itself, for where is learning without examples? I had to process that, so I'm going to read it again. The student is the most powerful teacher, not the teacher itself. For where is learning without examples? And that is so true. How can we learn without an example? I was in my bedroom doing this, and my fiancé, Alfonso, was with the baby in the living room, and he knew I was about to do this, so I needed, like, extra special quiet time. He yells out, Babe, do you know where the baby's cup is? And I was so ticked off because I was like, he knows I'm in here and I'm writing to my intuition and, you know, how dare he interrupt me? You know, I started to get lost with the ego and lost in my emotion. For all I know, the baby really needed his cup at that moment and it was easier just to ask me. Like, I don't know what the situation was, but I was so caught up by the ego. I began to worry because I thought, what if I lost my intuition? What if I can't tap back into my intuition where I left off? And as all of these thoughts started going through my head, I heard my intuition say, Move on, Linda. You're stuck in the past. My intuition was able to talk to me and take me away from the ego. I've never noticed that before. That doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. It just means that I've never noticed that my intuition has pulled me away from the ego. 
I don't know. Maybe I just kind of had this notion that I can't hear my intuition unless I'm in the present moment, maybe. Maybe that's what I thought. So to hear my my intuition come in and pull me out of that was really eye-opening to me. And it also made me really excited at the thought that all of us have this added tool that's accessible to us and to help bring us into the now. In other words, we don't have to just be dependent on, okay, I feel a dark emotion, let's get back into the now. Okay, I feel anxiety, let's get back into the now. You have another tool, and that's your intuition. We just have to learn to listen to it. Immediately after that discovery, I get right back into it, and I ask my intuition. During the practice of deliberate creation, if I am to imagine the future in order to create or manifest the life that I want to live, then can you explain how that's not contradicting the practice of staying in the present moment? So this is the question that I'm after, the question that I'm wanting to be answered. Explain it to me because I can't explain it in my head, but I know that there is an answer that exists. I know there is. So my intuition responds, meditate. So I practice two types of meditations, the deliberate creation and quieting of the mind. So I asked my intuition, which one of these do I do? And my intuition responds, both. So I always quiet the mind first and then I deliberately create when I meditate. I don't think there's a wrong or a right way to do it. I just think that this is what works best for me because when I begin to deliberately create, I'm coming from a place that is non-egotistical since I've already quieted the mind. So I went ahead and meditated for the full 10 minutes, like I mentioned, five minutes of quieting the mind and five minutes of deliberately creating. When I finished, my intuition began to question me. I don't believe that's ever happened before. I think this is the first time that my, actually, I am almost positive that this is the first time, which I thought was really weird. Or it wasn't weird, but it was a new experience. My intuition asks, what did you see? I saw two owls. I got the sense that they were a perfect balance of each other, like the yin and the yang. Before we go any deeper into this, I just want to address this really quick because I know that in our community, the owls are sometimes tied to something negative and something evil. They are usually referred to as witches And I just wanted to say that in my vision, when I saw the owls, I didn't see them as anything negative. I saw them as two very wise beings, like almost like their energy was giving me some sort of knowledge. And funny enough, that's why I think our community has so much fear surrounding the owls, because as humans, we tend to fear what we really don't understand. So the next question from my intuition was, What did you feel? I felt I was a receiver of source. I could feel the light pouring in. My intuition asks, What did you notice? I noticed that my hands were open and facing up, almost as a confirmation of sorts, that I was on the receiving end of source, also confirming to me that source lives in the now. And even though I I already know these things, 
I like to pay attention when I keep getting confirmations of what I already know. I think that, at least for me, learning is very repetitive. So the more and more I practice something and the more and more something is confirmed, it sort of helps me move on with my lesson and grow. So the next set of questions pertain to the meditation where I was deliberately creating. My intuition asks, what did you see? Myself. So I thought that was very interesting as opposed to seeing the two owls in the first practice. That all I saw in the second practice of deliberately creating was myself. What did you feel? I felt source flowing out of me. The energy was more forceful and with intent. What did you notice? My hands turned face down, almost as if they were confirming that I was no longer the receiver, but I was now the giver. Who were you giving to? The self. I was giving to me. And when I wrote that, and when I felt that, I felt really selfish. But then, after I felt that feeling, my intuition said to me, For when you don't give to yourself, you cannot give to others. And then that really made me think. It triggered almost a flow of answers to me, and I began writing to my intuition again, then asking my intuition questions. So my conclusion to all of the questions that my intuition just asked was as follows. So deliberate creating the future is like a balance, the direct balance to the practice of quieting the mind, like the two owls I saw, the yin and the yang. My intuition responds, yes, you came here to deliberately create, and you also came here to deliberately receive, give and receive. That sounds like, duh, of course, give and receive. We're taught that our whole lives, you know, give and you shall receive. But I really still had to stop and process it because now it was in the form of the way I was meditating every morning that quieting the mind was receiving and deliberately creating was the giving. So then I go on and I tell my intuition. The idea is to be deliberate with our thoughts when we are envisioning the future. That's what keeps us present. And my intuition responded, exactly. So then I go on to respond, oh, so it's like when you are cooking a meal. We are present in that moment while we're cooking that meal. We are in the now when we're cooking. But the ultimate result of cooking a meal is for something that will take place in the future. It's not for that present moment. You are cooking so that in 30 minutes or an hour from the point where you start cooking, you will eat the meal. And that is what deliberate creation is. That was like, that to me was mind-blowing, but it doesn't stop there. Because then I go on to, to be like, okay, so when we aren't deliberately creating, it is most likely the ego. And my intuition interrupted me and said, no, it's not most likely. 
It is the ego creating. And then I went on. And the ego is creating something we don't want to create. It may look like something we want because it's coming from within us, but it's coming from the place of the ego. It turns out to be something that is not truly aligned with who we are. And then the intuition said yes. And then it said, be careful what you wish for. That is where that saying comes from. You have to be careful what your ego is creating for you. I mean, I, I mean, I have to like stop and process all of this and really just think about it. That was it. That was my conversation with my intuition. I kind of want to apologize, guys, because I feel like in this conversation or in this episode, I dove into some topics that maybe you're not exactly prepared for. But I did want to be open with what I was facing and how I was dealing with what I was facing because I want this to sort of be real-time spiritual work, um, if that makes any sense. And I can't wait to have Betsy back next week and we can dive into all of these topics in future episodes. If you guys have any questions on what... I have talked about today. If you're confused in any way, please feel free to email us at womenwhomisbehave at gmail.com and we will most definitely answer your questions, maybe in the form of an episode, maybe not necessarily um, in the form of an email because I'm sure if you have these questions and other people have these questions as well, this is all I have for you today. We're going to take another short break. And when we come back, we're just going to touch base a little bit on current issues. And I want to talk to you about how I paid it forward this week. Welcome back, guys, to Current Issues. So I wanted to make sure I kept in theme with this episode, even though Betsy's not here, we're still practicing our ways of paying it forward. And I just wanted to tell you how I paid it forward this week. This week was pretty special in the way that I've paid it forward, despite everything else that's going on in my life. Um, So I had someone reach out to me on social media, and I'm not going to mention her name to respect her privacy. But she had a baby three weeks ago, and she has this beautiful baby girl. She wanted advice and support on breastfeeding from a breastfeeding mother. I thought it was really cool that she reached out because if you guys have ever reached out to me, you know that I'll I'll always do my best to respond. We've been texting. She's had all of these questions that I had When I was breastfeeding and I felt so alone and I was trying to overcome all of these challenges, so I've been helping her as best as I can step by step. I went out to meet her in person today and I got to meet her little beautiful baby girl and she looks like she's doing amazing. I know she's going through a challenging time, but she totally looks like a champ. That's what I did to pay it forward this week. Please let us know how you guys are paying it forward and don't forget to follow us on social media on Instagram at women who misbehave and you can check us out on our website womenwhomisbehave.com and I think that's it guys it was fun 
And Betsy will be back with us next week. Love you guys. Check it out.